tuning into episode 73 of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from pornography addiction. If you or anyone that you know is struggling with pornography addiction, please point them to pathbackrecovery.com. There you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction. Again, that's pathbackrecovery.com. You can also find a link to that off of tonyoverbay.com, and I would encourage you to go there and sign up to receive more information on some exciting new programs that I'm working on. And I promise you, I won't sell your email address. As a matter of fact, I will hardly email you at all, to a fault, some say. And uh, while you're there, take a look at the tab at the top. Um, I believe it says forum. It's a free, anonymous, strength-based forum for anyone interested in connecting with others who are already looking to break free from pornography addiction, or if you've already broken free and you want to help others, or for just anybody who wants to champion the cause, because the cause needs champions. Um, pornography is continuing to grow at a rapid rate, and unfortunately, it is not going anywhere. So we need to help in the fight. Gone are the days of if you're... Um, if your kid sees pornography, it's 100% a matter of when and what do we do about that? How do we promote productive conversation? So please stop by the forum, sign up and participate. And I talk about, you know, when our kids will see it, but I mean, obviously this is a problem. Um, pornography comes into play and I believe now the research shows over half of all divorces and, um, you know, the, the numbers are pretty staggering about how often people are seeing pornography. And then, uh, even when they're acting out and saying that this is the last time, um, so please do find help. There's there's help. I mean, it works. So I would encourage you to stop by pathbackrecovery.com or that forum off of tonyoverbay.com. You can find me at Virtual Couch on Instagram, Couch Virtual on Twitter, or Tony Overbay on Twitter, and Tony Overbay Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist on Facebook. And I want to encourage anybody who is dealing with any type of betrayal trauma, uh, and this is specifically for women dealing with betrayal trauma, to please visit bloomforwomen.com. Betrayal trauma is a very real um, it's a very real problem, and the symptoms are very similar to PTSD. The people who have designed the bloomforwomen.com site and the content on the site have years and years of research. And I want to assure you that, again, there is help for that as well. And I personally have done extensive training, uh, over a year now of training in the field of betrayal trauma. And, and it is, you know, I've always worked with the people who have the addiction. And so learning about what that's like on the other side of the coin, those who have felt betrayed, has just been, um, I mean, I, it's, it's given me so much more empathy for, for what uh, the, betray, the person who feels betrayed is going through. But again, there's help. So if you're experiencing the betrayal of a spouse for an affair, an emotional affair, if you recently discovered your partner maybe has pornography addiction or compulsive sexual behavior, please stop by bloomforwomen.com, use the coupon code virtualcouch, all one word, and you get one month free to their evidence-based information programs, an entire community of support that is designed to help you grow and heal. And uh, what a transition here. If you shave, men or women, legs, chest, head, beard, you name it, please check out longtime sponsor Eli's Extracts. Eli's makes an all-natural organic shave cream scented with essential oils. Please Please visit elis-extracts.com. That's E-L-I-S-extracts.com to learn more about this incredible shave cream and use coupon code virtualcouch, all one word, to receive 25% off your order of any size. Okay, uh, all the business taken care of. Today, I have a truly wonderful guest on the virtual couch. His name is Ryan Walton, and he has a very, very uh, nice-looking, very um, well-put-together, good content-filled website called daringtodad.com daring d-a-r-i-n-g-t-o-d-a-d.com and a former guest on the podcast um, i call him from the book review 
uh, Jonathan Alva recommended um, Ryan for the show because Jonathan was aware of Ryan's work with dads. And as many of you may know, if you listen to a few episodes of The Virtual Couch, I left my job in technology after a decade because I felt called to work with men in this role of therapist to help them become better husbands, better fathers, and little did I know that it would take me into the world of addiction recovery and then and then put me right um, smack dab in couples therapy. And I'm so grateful um, that for, for that. And, you know, I worked... Uh, it was interesting. I left my job in technology after a decade, even though things were going kind of well. It seemed like a pretty crazy decision at the time. I think I was about 31, 32. And, uh, and, and that's when I went back to school to get my master's in counseling and, and head down this journey. And I am, I am honestly, I'm grateful each and every day for following that prompting or that call to be a therapist because I love my job. I mean, I absolutely love it. It can be heavy working with couples who maybe are on the verge of divorce or individuals who might maybe feel like they've lost hope, but there's just nothing more satisfying than truly being there with them and helping them feel like there is hope. And then, uh, you know, using the tools that may not even know that exist within them to help them drive change. So Ryan, I feel like is a kindred soul, another one of these men who also felt called to help dads. And when I first combed through his website, when I was doing a little bit of the research, um, I was particularly drawn toward, there was a couple of articles that he wrote of his discovery of Meniere's disease. And and if you don't know much about that, Ryan's going to talk about that. I've had a couple of clients that have Meniere's disease and it it affects your hearing. And so, uh, and it's, um, Ryan goes into some detail about that, but, but more, more importantly, what really touched me is Ryan shares a pretty incredibly uh, incredible story of what he and his wife went through in trying to, to conceive, how they dealt with miscarriage, and, and just a lot around that. And I think that that's a really touching thing that, and if, in particular for men, I mean for women both, of just what those emotions are like uh, going through that. So please check out Ryan's website, daringtodad.com. You can follow him on Instagram and Facebook as well. So now, on to my interview with Ryan Walton of daringtodad.com. guest today is Ryan Walton. Ryan, welcome to the virtual couch. So glad to be here. Oh, Thank I'm you. excited. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've been yeah. trying to put this together for a little while. It has been. We've um, connected. Yeah. yeah. So uh, are you okay? Let's just jump in. I want to know your origins. Actually, before that, I want to know, I mean, you are dressed very stylish. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And I feel like, um, I feel, I mean, in my last episode where I had a guest in here, I was very self-conscious about that. <laughs> Don't be. Right? Okay. But I mean, no, uh, you look great. Oh, you're very kind. Yeah, yeah. I think at it's some true. point then it's I want true. I want to have a uh, um, I, maybe we can do a podcast on, you know, how to make a dad look good, you know? Make yeah, that. sure, man. Yeah. That dad style. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, give us a little bit of your background. You are from. So, uh, originally from the state of Texas, kind of the homeland. Um, but spent most of my life in California, um, San Diego went to college in LA and then up to Sacramento. I've been in Sacramento since 2004. So it's become okay. home for us. Um, I live in Sacramento with my wife, Samantha. We just celebrated 12 years of marriage. We have two kids, um, a five-year-old and a one-year-old. Nice. Um, yeah. So my background ranges. Well, um, I wanna, okay. Let's yeah, yeah, uh, no, let me go ahead. You, I mean, when you were just casually thrown out when we were, when I was going to know you, you know, when I was in a band. And oh, yeah. I just feel like that's the, was that the, uh, the rock and roll lifestyle? Oh, no, no not really. Not really. It was, <laughs> it was much more kind of the church music scene. So I, okay. I picked up a guitar when I was about 15 years old okay. at the summer camp. I was just like, I love this thing. Yeah. I love it. 
and uh, started playing guitar in church, really got like thrown out onto the stage and just kind of forced myself to learn how to play. I come from this very musical family, okay. um, my mom, my grandparents. And so I started playing guitar and singing in church. And that led to kind of doing kind of bands within that, that scene. Yeah, it's like Christian rock. Totally. Okay. Yeah. And so in, in church music. And so um, I ended up getting a scholarship to school, uh, to college to do that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I, and the school just funded projects. We got to travel around the country and do, you know, churches, camps, conferences, all that kind of stuff. So, so that's so what do, I did for a long time. Did, did church rock bands have roadies? I mean, do you have uh, people no, following? It's, and it's, like, it's not that cool. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, we got to like, you know, do some really cool events and meet some really great people. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I built some fantastic relationships. And what's the, um, what's the biggest crowd you ever played to? Uh, probably like five or 6,000 people. Okay. So that's the part where I still feel like that would be an experience like none other. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, you know, and um, we always um, had great feedback and uh, met some great people along the way. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was a cool experience. I don't, it's funny. I have in my house, I have my grandfather's baby grand piano. I have my guitars on the wall hung up and, um, I don't play nearly as much as I used to. Okay. Um, but that was a, a big part of my life for a long time. Right. Do you, you, this is the, whenever I find out that, uh, especially a, a teenager that I'm working with is practicing guitar. Um, did you begin with, uh, what is it? Smoke in the water or, uh, stairway to heaven? Oh, neither, neither. Yeah. I had this, um, I had this song book with these chord charts and like the back cover and I flipped it around and I yeah. just, I started teaching myself and a lot of like, you know, kind of campy church songs oh, okay. is what I started out with yeah. and just kind of picked it up and learned from there. Yeah. So yeah, totally self-taught. I don't read music. Okay. I like, play by ear. You know, I kind of fake it till you make it type of thing. Okay. So, yeah. uh, so do you miss, I mean, do you miss getting up on stage? Or I do. Like there a, are times yeah. when I, I miss doing that. I miss, you know, there was, there's the, definitely a vibe and energy that you get from that. And it was a big part of my life for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, there are times I do miss that. Okay. I, I, I got to say, so full confession, I kind of have this secret desire to, just like I want to get together um, a band and do like learn a bunch of like really great like '90s music and okay. like, do like a '90s cover band. Yeah. I just want to do one gig. Okay, one gig, and then we're done. Okay. We're done after that. I just want to do like one gig, some '90s rock. What what, what '90s songs are you thinking? I don't know. I'm, I'm a more, '90s guy. So yeah, what's yeah, yeah, sure. So like I think about like some '90 great '90s rock, like um, like the Gin Blossoms. Oh, okay. Um, that style music, like, Oasis, I mean, like Oasis, yeah. like some of that, you know, some of that music, some of that right, rock music. Um, just like one, yeah. one, one show. And that's can, it. can I, can I just play the triangle or something sure. like that? Yeah. You're more than welcome to. I'm in. We'll find some songs for okay. it. Okay. All right. I'm in, I'm in with this band yeah. idea. So, so the band breaks up. Yeah. Okay. Well, band broke up, meaning we all like pretty much graduated college and okay. went our own different ways. And yeah. these guys are still, strangely enough, all the guys that I was in a band with live here in Sacramento now. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. We've all kind of wound up in the same place. But yeah, you know, graduated college. I moved up here, did the same thing up here with some different folks for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then right out of college, when you got out here, it was... Yeah, so I moved up. I, uh, I uh, took a job as a pastor right yeah. out of college and moved up here in 2004. Now, did you have, I mean, so you're pretty young at that time. I was totally young, probably too young really? um, okay. to do something like that, in, yeah. in my opinion. But um uh, you know, you learn a lot in your twenties. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was 24, uh, came up here, you know, I knew everything and I was not, pastor? so I was a co-founding pastor and kind of did a lot of the creative arts and, and kind of the, the worship music and, okay. um, that type of stuff. So communications, web design, creative arts, it was a right. community that we started was very, um, that was kind of the, the way that that community expressed itself was through the arts. So it was okay. through 
through song and um, creative writing and painting and photography, all these different kind of uh, artistic mediums. That was a big part of the culture. And so um, that was really my job to help facilitate those experiences. Okay. Okay. And then did you meet your wife here? I did. I met her like two weeks after I moved up here. Okay. Um, the couple, the actual other pastor that I was working with at the time, uh, just mutual friends we met um, and we dated for about a year or engaged for six months and got married. We were, nice. we were young. We were young. Okay. We got married in 2006. Okay. And so we just celebrated 12 years. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Thank so you. there's some things in your, and well, you want to talk a little bit about the website and then I want to go into some of the things that you yeah. covered on there. Sure. So how long have you had Daring to Dad? So daringtodad.com is about a year old. Okay. Um, I was blogging uh, for a long time back, kind of in those the early church days. Okay. Um, and really kind of during a season of life where I was um, asking a lot of questions okay. um, about faith and doing a lot of, of searching. Um, and um, eventually kind of through some circumstances, really had to kind of step away from, from the blog. Okay. And just stepped away from it for a while. Um, but you know, writing was always an outlet for me, okay. sharing ideas and connecting and communicating. You know, I work in communications as my day job professionally. And, um, I knew there was a season of life where I wanted to get back into that yeah. and becoming a parent, uh, being a father, you know, there are so many experiences that we have on the daily, you know, yeah. that are, um, uh, that are just, uh, so impactful, so intense, so crazy and messy. Um, I knew that this may be an opportunity to come back and re-enter into the blog space. So uh, I wanted to create an open space um, to talk about fatherhood. And so Daring to Dad was born out of that. First, honestly, it was just an outlet for me. Okay. Just to just, I just wanted to write. I just wanted yeah. to get out there and share these ideas and let them land. Um, and it's kind of taken shape over the past year. Okay. I have to ask, um, yeah. in, in your, this is my first, uh, we're going to go on a little ADD um, journey yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I had someone, we were uh, helping out in a nursery at a place, my wife and I were, and somebody was telling me now about, I was making a joke about the little bulb that would suck the, like the, the snot out. Burgers out. Yeah, There's yeah. something now that you, you suck it? Yeah, are you, yeah. Are you serious? Like, Dude, in your, have you done this? Dude, it works so good. Okay, everybody says this. Do you I'm know not getting, this, I'm not, it, Okay. I mean, you know, to anyone else who doesn't have kids or it sounds disgusting, but yeah, it's like, a, go it's, look it's, it it's a tube. There's like all sorts of sponges. Yeah. It's, you don't, you don't actually get anything um, up to the mouth. It's, the first but, time you suck it though, are you thinking well, what if? No, no. I mean like it, it's funny. Those, those first off. So parents, any viewers, I will say this. I've tried those. So there's the little, the little ball sucking. You, you squeeze it, and press it. but the actual manual is 10 times better if you're gonna do it just you got to make it happen it's when it's your kid and they're like having a hard time breathing because it's not like there's nothing that you would not do you know yeah. in that circumstance right. and uh it's it's fine you know, it's a little gross i'm watching that but like everything is gross yeah so oh, it's just okay. part yeah. of it's yeah. like your kid's pooping up his back yeah, and it's, it's like, like it's, part, it's just to, yeah. part of the package honestly there are grosser things than yeah. the booger sucker thing so, okay, <laughs> yeah. I have to tell how this, and now yeah. I, I can make this yeah. uh, somewhat productive. Yeah. So I was making a conversation. Somebody had said that used the term common sense. Yeah. And I had a, a good friend of mine once um, say, you know, he's like, well, common sense is a, is a pretty ambiguous term. And the person he was saying that to was like, no, no, it's, it, it's common sense. Common sense is common sense. And, uh, and so then uh, he said, so if you're in Africa and in a certain tribe or something that he was aware of, and the little kid 
sneezes and has snot all over, the mom's going to just bend down, suck it out with her mouth and spit it and move on. And you're going to think, oh my gosh, like that's, I got to call CPS, right? If that thing's happening. But then uh, if they saw us, then take some tissue and then just mangle the kid's face with it, you know, that over there, they're going to say, what is he doing? You know? Right. So I was kind of sharing this and saying, so, I mean, you know, uh, to us, we would never suck out of someone's nose. And then the person just com- confidently said, oh no, I, I did that this morning. Right. Yeah. And I thought, no, you don't understand. So that, that was the, the genesis of the book. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, so you, if listeners yeah. can pause and go to Amazon and look up, I guess, this booger suction device. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Last thing I thought we'd be, be talking about. Yeah, yeah. Who knows what you'll get with that kind of search, but you know, <laughs> you'll true. see. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. exactly right. Um, okay. So, uh, Dare to Dad. So yeah. it was, it was an outlet. It was a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, did you start getting some feedback? Yeah, absolutely. I think especially around, you know, certain topics, here's, you know, I heard once, I think this is really important is that, you know, when, when you share your story, you give someone else permission to tell theirs. Oh, I like that. And when you walk into a space and you're vulnerable about experiences, um, you give other people permission to reach out and say like, Oh, you know how, like, Hey, I've, I've had that experience yeah. too. I'm, I'm, you know, I think even wider culture right now, we're seeing that with people sharing stories that are hard. I mean, yeah. the, the, the me too movement and all this kind of stuff is people becoming vulnerable and there's connection that takes place. And I, that's like the high for me. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the moment where it's like, okay, you share the vulnerability, which I think um, in our culture that men that is kind of beaten out of us at an early age. Sure. Um, and to, to be, to be vulnerable, to say, Hey, I don't have it figured out. I don't have it together. This is where I'm struggling. Um, I, I find that that's, that's really powerful. And so that's really one of my big drives is, is having a, a vulnerable space where, um, where, where dads can connect and look across from someone else and like, wow, Hey, me too. I've had this experience. And so yeah. that's really where it's at. So me. I love, I have to say that the whole reason I got into counseling was I felt this call to work for dads. And I've said this on my podcast before, and then dads didn't come into counseling because yeah. that's too vulnerable. Right. And, and so then I, I have found that, you know, if you really dig into the research, I mean, you've got the, uh, what are the models? It's uh, John Wayne, it's the Lone Ranger, it's the strong silent type, it's rub a little dirt in it. And then there's that concept where if they get vulnerable, then their partner is going to say, that's not who I wanted, yeah. right? But then I have to tell you as a therapist, I don't think I've ever run into that situation where a wife hasn't heard the vulnerability or, you know, a parent and then thought, thought less of someone. Yeah. It's like, thank you for finally yeah. opening up. I think... Today, um, in our culture, we need um, to talk, uh, have really important conversations about masculinity. Yes. And we need to have um, conversations about what um, healthy masculinity healthy masculinity looks like. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, one of the big themes of what um, I like to talk about, and especially raising kids on um, both sons and daughters um, to talk about vulnerability as a strength, okay. um, about kindness and compassion as strength, um, to, um, embrace, um, feeling and emotion. Because I think when a lot of times that's beaten out of men, we, we were missing a part of ourselves. When yeah. we say that, you know, Hey, emotion is left to, um, uh, uh females and, yeah. and, and or women weak. Or, yeah. Weak or, or yeah. And, and we even use that in our, yeah. in our language a lot of times. So, yeah. you know, we, we talk about, um, you know, you, you hear, um, things like, Hey, don't be a sissy or maybe even things a bit more vulgar, the underlying tone in that, or, hey, you know, uh, is emotion is less and mm-hmm. is inferior 
and maybe even extension that like women are inferior. So I think that that is, we need to have really open conversations about what that looks like and what healthy masculinity looks like. Cause I think it's very important, especially in today's climate. So it's funny. I have found myself now trying to be aware of that. And even, even phrases you don't think about where, uh, you know, I'm, I'm playing catch with somebody and somebody will say, man, I threw that one like a girl, right. right? Or uh, playing golf and they leave a putt short and it's like, oh, you hit it with your purse. And I, and I mean, now I'm very aware that those are not, uh, yeah. those are very productive comments, right? Yeah, not, not at all. And yeah. I think, um, and I think we need to start like calling that and have those conver- those kind of conversations. Um, Cause I think it's, um, if you take small things like that and escalate it to a larger social yeah. level, I think um, that's where we're seeing a lot of issues these days. And I yeah. think it needs to be talked about, it needs to be addressed um, um, with men to other men and called out in environments like that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Okay. So that, um, so I love that that is, you're preaching that message of vulnerability. There are still, and I think this is one of those things to say, um, somebody can be vulnerable and authentic and open and show feelings and they will still run into people that are going to tell them that's weak. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. So, I mean, that's why I like yeah. when you tell your story, I, I love it. I haven't heard it that way in my, you know, in my office, I often talking about normalizing when mm-hmm. someone says, is it normal that, you know, and cause they feel like they're the only person mm-hmm. that has those, you know, feels insecure about being a dad yeah. or isn't sure what to do or is, is getting really upset when uh, a kid's crying and they're supposed to know what to do, or they don't know how to comfort their wife if she has postpartum depression or, yeah. you know, those sort of things. Right. Absolutely. Oh, right. Absolutely. Because you know, yeah, I mean, um, I, I think, you know, when it comes to vulnerability, um, I think people respond to it and you, you, you never know what someone's coming, what someone's going through. Yeah. And um, I think it's in those moments where I probably resisted vulnerability enough, but walked into it anyway, um, that the greatest connections were made. The greatest change was able to happen. Reconciliation, uh, forgiveness, whatever. Um, those are the breakthrough moments. And so I think we, um, it's an important part. So, okay. And I, there were a couple of things in particular that I was really drawn to on your website and maybe I'll go uh, a little bit out of order of what That's I good. was, but so, I mean, around that idea of vulnerability, um, you were pretty open on your website about your wife and I, you say you had two healthy children, but you mm-hmm. also lost two in the womb mm-hmm. and understand the pain and heartache that accompany miscarriage. And you say something I hope to share more about. So, I mean, you know, you kind of drive with that. I've got some yeah. thoughts there too, but I'd love to sure. know what yeah. that was like. Well, um, it's an experience that is, um, that a lot of people have. Mm. Um, and we know that because, um, we, we shared really openly, uh, with, um, the, the, the first time we went through this, I think it was on a Saturday, we kind of did the whole social media, like, Hey, we're having a baby. Uh, and like, you know, my, my son at the time, you know, we made this like really cute video and went kind of public with, yeah. you know, the okay. pregnancy. Um, the following Thursday, um, was, uh, when we lost the baby. And so we had to, it was hanging out there. Mm-hmm. So we really had to go back and say, Hey, this is kind of what happened and share a little bit about that. And man, the private messages and the texts and the phone calls of people but I hadn't heard from like in years, yeah. like talking, like sharing their story as well and talking about um, their experience with that and um, was, was pretty incredible. So it's a experience that so many people have and everybody is going to kind of deal with it in um, ways that work for them. Mm. Um, but we have found for us that talking about it, being open about it, there is healing in the solidarity that we found with other people. Um, 
doesn't make it any easier. Right. It doesn't make it any hard. It doesn't make it, you know, go away. Um, and that impacts you. I mean, that leaves, that leaves a mark. I mean, that creates uh, new experiences and neural pathways yeah, and whatever else sure. in, your, in your brain that, um, that those kinds of things happen. And so, um, the, 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 the first time we went through it was pretty late in, um, the, the pregnancy it was, was 15 weeks. Um, so it, it was late. It was a very traumatic experience for, um, especially for my wife, for both of us, you know, it was emergency room and hospital mm. and you know, she actually had to uh, d- deliver, and, and that was a really, really intense night, one that we'll never forget. Um, but what, yeah. what, I mean, when you when you were going through that, I mean, was that a time where you felt like you you should know what to do? I mean, did you feel just as as I don't know as raw and emotional as you? I don't know what was that? Yeah, like? so um, definitely, it's scary, um, yeah. and I, we didn't have any idea what we were doing. We were um, asking questions and things like that. And, and there's something that kind of kicks into gear sometimes in the moment for for anybody who's in a situation where um, my focus was making sure that you know I had to be my wife's advocate okay. um, in in at the hospital and for what was going on, asking those kind of questions and making sure that. Um, she knew that we were going to be okay. I, I had to be, um, I had to show strength in that situation. I mean, she was like incredible and showed it. We both had to show strength in some different ways. Um, you know, we, we both definitely had a moments of, we, we both broke down. I remember that, um, that, that first night and we, I'll just share the story. You know, we had an incredible experience. Um, you know, you're in the, in the ER and the ER is never a fun place to be, yeah, you know, sure. whether it's you or anyone else. And you have all these doctors and nurses going through and people are trying to take care of you, but they also have a lot of other people as well. But we, um, Smith had, had delivered and we were sitting in there just kind of sitting with it in, in that moment. And this woman came by our room and peeked in and you could tell she was like on her way out. You know, mm. she had her fleece on, she had her, she had her messenger bag was on her way out. And she stopped in and she told us that she was uh, one of the doctors um, there in the ER and she came in. And she just had tears in her eyes wow. and she walked over and she put her hand on my wife's leg and was like, she told us she'd recently been through the same experience. I mean, she just sat there and she wow. just weeped with us. Wow. Like it's emotional talking about it yeah. now. Yeah. And she shared it with us again, that she stopped, looked us in the eye and had that moment of like powerful human connection. I will never forget that moment. Um, you know, I, I tried to find out like, who, like, you know, I think weeks later, tried to find out who it was. I was yeah. trying to send her a note, but I was like, man, is that creepy? I don't know. No, I trying to look, look at, but like, yeah. she, like that was whatever language you want to put around that you want to call it um, a holy experience right. or something else. in that moment was incredibly powerful when she just stopped. I mean, she could have kept on going, but yeah. she didn't. And again, that's the moment of that vulnerability on her part that made that connection. And was healing even in a traumatic moment. When you can tell as you're telling it now, that was yeah. like, that was special. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wanted to share, uh, and I hate following a story like that because that's, that's powerful. But I, I remember the first time as a therapist, when I'm processing a miscarriage between a couple and I'm, I'm pretty new at this point. And I remember the wife was, she was very upset and, and I'm watching the husband and, and, uh, and I remember in my mind, even I'm thinking, well, I mean, they can always try again. I mean, I'm not about to say that out loud, but, yeah. I, and then the husband said that. And, uh, and there was this part of me that was like, oh, okay, oh, good. We always be making a good point. And then I'll never forget. And I can remember even the woman that it was where she just said, 
you know, I, I can appreciate that. But then she shared that she said, that's easy for you because you were going to work and you were yeah. doing your thing. And yeah. she's like, I already, and, and they had miscarried fairly early, but she said, I already, I already had the, you know, the, the baby was named. I knew what clothes that she was going to wear yeah. and I knew what school she was going to. Mm-hmm. And I was going to, I couldn't wait for her wedding. And I, and man, you know, the, the, you just felt something in the room at that moment. Yes. And, uh, and I feel like that was such a powerful experience. And I'm so grateful I experienced that early because, you know, and I think I'm saying that because I think a lot of guys, when they don't know what to say and they're afraid to say, I don't know what to say, mm-hmm. then they come out with those things like, yeah. Hey, we'll, we'll try again, you know? And, yeah. and, and we want to fix it. Exactly. We want to yeah, fix, yeah, yeah. yeah. fix the moment yep. for, for them. It, it sometimes it comes from a place of wanting Absolutely. to help. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, that was really important. I think, you know, just to really know that, understand the experience is incredibly different. Mm-hmm. There are parts of that experience that we share together. Um, but there are also things that we experience separate. Yeah. Um, for me, it took me a while, honestly, because, you know, in that moment, I'm trying to be like, I'm trying to be like the rock. I'm trying to be yeah. strong. You know, she's going through so much and I want to allow her that space, allow her to, to break down, allow her to feel some of those things. Um, sometimes it was hard to find where, where do I do that? You know, where's my space to be able to have a breakdown moment? Yeah. Where's my space yeah. to be able to do that? Um, and it was interesting on the way here because, you know, you kind of, uh, tip me off that we might be talking about this. And I, I wanted to talk to my wife and make sure she was okay oh, with okay. me sharing some of the sure. story as well, because it's, it's her truth and, and, and as well. And she jokingly said, um, you know, I'm like, Hey, I want to share about a little bit about my experience with this. And she's like, she's like, yeah, I'm really interested to hear the podcast and how you, how you felt about it. Um, <laughs> and so jokingly, because it is so, sometimes, you know, we, we, we want to power through yeah. and um, there was, I think, you know, for me, sifting through that and knowing how different the experience was. And I, I, it didn't happen to my body. You know, yeah, it didn't exactly. happen a lot. And there's emotional for me that I know it's not the same in appreciating that um, and not trying to get in there and fix it, but just be incredibly responsive and attentive and listening to what her needs would Absolutely. be and be able to respond to those. So, and again, like this is just my experience. I'm not a therapist. I have a, my mom and brother are both, they're the therapists in the family. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that's kind of what, what we learned and whatever. Well, and I, I love that. And I, and you know, I gotta, if I do kind of, I, I hate to do the, well, I, as a therapist, you no, know, but, but I do but feel, you are. <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I do love the, and I'm a big fan of uh, it, being able to give something a voice. So if, if someone is triggered, if they do have a memory that they don't feel like they can't share it, you know, that they, that they are able to kind of say, and, and I, you know, I mean, I'd be extremely vulnerable here too. My, we have four kids and my fourth, um, when my wife was pregnant, then we had a moment where it, we thought maybe she was losing the baby. Yeah. We go in and we found out, no, you know, one is there and and there had been another. And and it was like, to this day, sometimes we'll get, you know, I don't know, every now and again, I'll say, I wonder what the the twin would have looked like, you yeah. know, or, or yeah. where would they would be. And I'm grateful that my wife will bring that up from time to time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, okay. Now yeah, to yeah. turn a little humor on it too. Yeah. So we were, uh, I had a, I had a, a medium on my show quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. Wonderful woman, Julie Christensen. She invited me to go to a, a, us to go to a show Saturday night. And so we go there and, and we're trying to sit in the back. So I don't, I'm frightened of if she's going to approach me and uh-huh. say that she sees something or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. she did. And she, and it turns out that she was, you know, kind of then honed in on someone that was around us, not necessarily us for this. She's like, I'm seeing this person or whatever. And it was somebody blonde hair or whatever. And my wife and I were, we went out to dinner afterward and we both, you know, said, I don't know. Were you kind of wondering if that was, you know, 
it was a grandfather or whatever. And then we both were kind of like, I mean, you know, was that the twin, you know, or whatever. Yeah, sure. and, and I just love that we could both kind of just even yeah. talk about that, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So I appreciate you sharing that, that, I mean, your experience, uh, it was vulnerable. You didn't have to know, you didn't have to have everything figured out. Mm-hmm. So did you end up having time for a breakdown? I mean, when you kind of talk about that? Yeah. So I think, you know, um, we definitely had a I think my breakdown was initially that night. And mm-hmm. for me, um, I, I tend to live like up here okay. a lot. I had a lot of moments of just quietness and stillness, I think over the course of those next, the, of those weeks. Um, I think, in, and I think in reevaluating it, I probably wish I would have been able to spend more time um, processing that emotionally. I think I really focused a lot on my wife and what her needs were. And I probably used some of that to um, mm. cover up sure. some yeah. of that. I think we do that. We find whatever we can to yeah. like, okay, you know, um, that's something that I, I know I tend to do um, in my life is, you know, what do I need to do to like, not have to kind of sit through whatever mm. pain is going on right now. Yeah. Even if it's like hell, even if it's doing something good, right. We can yeah. still use that as, you know, this defense for that. And I think I did that a lot through this. And I used, you know, my wife and taking care of her and moving, moving us through and, and taking care of my, my son um, in order maybe to shield myself a little bit sure. from that. Yeah. I mean, I think looking back, that's probably something I wish I probably would have sat in a bit more, had more vulnerable conversations, whether with her therapist, yeah. whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I think in looking back, I would have liked to do that more. Okay. So, uh, in the kind of a nice, uh, transition segue, um, you also talk about on your, uh, website, your experience mm-hmm. with therapy. Yeah. And another thing that you say, you are an advocate were you always, or yeah. So, so you always, so you say you, you have family that are therapists. Yeah, I do. So my, my mom and brother, are both marriage and family therapists. Okay. Um, so it's uh, in the family. Yeah. Well, one thing I'm really clear about on the blog is I try not I really make it hard attempts to not be prescriptive about parenting because I have not been doing this for very long. Yeah, sure. Really. I mean, I, we're just all falling forward, right. In, in parenting. And, um, and I'm, and I'm not a therapist. Um, I, I just, but I, but I really try to source, um, and cite, you know, work and things that we talk about, but I am a huge fan of the process and a huge advocate for therapy. I think the fact that there are people in this world who understand how to mine the depths Mm. Um, of uh, emotions and and what we go through in our human experience and process that is incredible. It has saved my life and it has saved my marriage um, it has saved relationships and friendships. And um, I think um, everyone should do it. So major plug. I was, I, for, did, not, I did not pay Ryan I know, to but say that. I mean, it, it, we, we all, we all have stuff and yeah. to sit and to walk with a therapist through is, um, as important, I would say, as going to the gym, mm. as eating right, yeah. taking care of our emotional selves. I cannot speak highly enough of the importance of that yeah. in my life. No, so. I, I appreciate it. I have to tell uh, really quickly. I remember when I was a, a shiny new therapist and people, yeah. and, and now you know, you'll hear when people hear what you do, they, first of all, they say, are you diagnosing me? And the answer is yes, mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. Um, but then the second part of that is they will typically say, well, I, I don't believe in therapy. I'll hear that from time to time. And I remember early on, I felt like I had to defend that. Oh yeah, well research and I've done. And then after you do it for a while and you know, you've just seen it change people's lives over and over again. Mm-hmm. That's one of those things where I, I okay, I'm sorry that you yeah. feel that, you know, and, and actually then part of me thinks, okay, we should probably talk about that. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, what, sure, what are you sure. hiding? What are you afraid yeah, of? Right. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so I, obviously is this is a career. Um, I'm not, you know, uh, 
decade plus in and going, I don't know, man, I'm going to yeah. keep trying it, but I think, right. it, yeah, I don't know. But I, so I appreciate you being, no, you got to knock down the stigma around mental health. Really? Yeah. It. Yeah. I think the stigma should be opposite. Like if you don't go, <laughs> you're crazy, you're crazy. Right. Um, yeah. I think, I think it's so important, you know, find, you know, find someone that works. Yeah. Even if you have to, you know, maybe try out exactly. some diff- different yes. folks, you know, whatever, find someone that you can connect with, find someone that. Did um, you ever have an experience where you didn't necessarily feel that connection? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. My, you know, my wife, I've done uh, therapy. Um, I have uh, my therapist I've been working with for um, years now. Um, but my wife and I have done a hand, we've worked with several people in couple situations. Mm-hmm. We've both done individual therapy, but also together, we found that both um, are helpful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's people that we haven't necessarily, you know, connected with. Um, and, and that's you, just, okay. you try that. Yeah. Right. And I, and I think that's uh, sometimes when people go into therapy, then they are worried that well, I don't want to offend the therapist. And, mm-hmm. you know, please, I mean, it's not offensive. It's part of the job that we do. I feel like I'm looking at the camera now. Yeah. It's okay. You know, yeah. the, you know, there's a lot of research that says it doesn't really even matter the modality of the therapist as much as there needs to be that connection. Mm-hmm. So you, you are in control of that. Yeah. Um, can I shift gears? Another of course. Yep. So Meniere's disease. Mm. So yeah. this is something I still am not 100% sure or clear on. I, but I, I love you have a couple of posts about yeah. that. Um, I've had clients with that and I, but so can you talk about that? Your experience? I mean, takes on a deep dive. Sure. Yeah. So the, the short of it is, um, in 2013. Okay. So, so shortly after my son was born, um, I started getting a ringing in my ear, in my right ear, um, that gradually began to just increase. Wow. Um, and, um, I, started losing kind of the lower register kind of lower tones. I mean, the ear just kind of fluctuating hearing. Um, eventually I started to uh, have some episodes where I was getting really dizzy and wow. having some vertigo. And how, what was that? This was this months into this ringing of the ears. At this yeah. Point, this or? is a couple okay. months in the ringing. It just kind of, everything kind of built on top of each other. Okay. The ringing, uh, the vertigo and, um, didn't know what was causing it. I had no idea this was completely new and started going to a doctor and um, one thing with another talking about this thing called Meniere's disease. And I'm like, never heard of it. Yeah. Never. Um, and eventually, um, so started seeing a doctor and um, head and neck surgeons, different specialists. Wow. And a lot of stuff was about um, prescription medications, things like that. But really the, the bottom line was like, Hey, you have this thing called Meniere's disease and that's what you're going to have. Okay. I was like, hang on <laughs> time out. Yeah. Um, like I'm like 33, 34 years old. Like I'm no, 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 We're not just going to just be like, well, you're just going to have to deal with these things for yeah. the rest of your life. Um, and, uh, but they kept on getting worse and worse. Um, mm-hmm. to the points where we had some really scary. So for, uh, people with Meniere's disease, um, uh, the symptoms range from hearing loss. Um, but the vertigo can, is probably the worst part. Um, okay. there's, uh, you can get, uh, some people describe it as a violent vertigo, like a, a drop to the ground and come out of scenario. nowhere. I mean, you can you come mean, out of nowhere. Okay. Can come out of nowhere. Um, there's also like ten, uh, uh, tinnitus in your ear, which kind of like you just like this kind of constant drone or ringing in your ear. Wow. And there's a big piece of, of Meniere's. And was there a part of you that thought, okay, am I rocking out for so many years? Eventually? It could be, yeah. it could be, you know, I, I don't know. There's no real, the, the medical uh, description is there yeah. is an over amount of liquid in a certain oh, part of your ear. Okay. And so um, the, the, the liquid causes imbalance. Um, some people are triggered their symptoms visually, some um, aud- audibly. Okay. 
Um, different, you know, there's a, there's a lot that's unknown. There's no cure for it. And um, there's about 600,000 people in the U S um, that are diagnosed with the Meniere's disease. Okay. Um, so it's not something you would probably hear about on a regular basis, right. unless you knew someone who had Meniere's. Yeah. And um, there's a couple of celebrities or artists, you know, like one of my, actually one of my favorite um, musical artists, Ryan Adams uh-huh. um, has Meniere's. I was at a concert uh, recently of his and Ryan Adams is actually, he gets triggered uh, visually through light. Wow. And so if you go to Ryan Adams show, he's lit from the back, not from the front. Wow. And before the show, this, this woman came out on stage and she's like, talk, talk to the crowd. She's like, Hey everyone, here's the deal. Ryan Adams has something called Veneer's disease. Please don't take flash photography. It literally could end the show for him. Wow. And like, I, re- I was like, I'm, I, I cry so easy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm an emotional, I'm pretty emotional. Like, I was like, First time I've ever heard someone from all these people talk about Meniere's disease oh, and awareness. Right. I, was just, I was just like, my brother, <laughs> like Meniere's, oh. like I'm with you. Like, you know, so there's a couple um, celebrities and things that who have it, who will talk about it. But um, did anybody take flash photography? I mean, I feel like that's the one of those things. Where it, probably, you see some probably, of probably. Yeah, yeah. The show was great yeah. and he was, he was awesome. Yeah. But yeah, but so we had some really, really scary um, incidents and mm. I tried different, you know, prescriptions and things like that and nothing worked. And, it got to the point where my wife and I were like, we need to, we need to figure something else out. I have um, one of my closest and dearest friends in the world um, has multiple sclerosis and she was really um, looked for more holistic approaches to okay. dealing with multiple sclerosis and uh, talking about diet and things like that. And so we began to do some research and I basically went to my friend, I'm like, Hey, I need you to just like, be my Yoda and okay. teach me about like how, what your approach is and what you're doing with diet. So we completely overhauled our diet. Wow. Uh, we completely changed a lot of our lifestyle. Um, and w- once we did that, I went um, about a year and a half without any episodes. My wow. hearing came back. Um, what was but, the diet? I mean, what, what did you do? Are you, are you like yeah. About so, that? yeah. So it's, um, it really, um, the what we what we learned is uh, something called the candida diet. Oh, candida. Diet. So yeah. Okay. So candida is basically a yeast overgrowth. Okay. Um, it's 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 really healing the gut. Um, it's pretty intense. If you're gonna go on like a really strict cleanse, I mean, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna cut out um, sugar, gluten. Um, you're gonna cut out um, dairy, uh, soy. Like I mean, it's pretty much like meat and veggies. Oh, okay. Um, which is tough, you know, you do a clean cut of all those kinds of things. And we did, we, we made major overhauls to our diet. Um, you know, I have a, I have a low sodium diet because you know, if you have an over amount of liquid in your ear, salt is a water retainer, Okay. you know, so you had to keep low sodium diet. But, um, yeah, anyway, so I went a year and a half, uh, I slowly kind of got back into some old eating habits mm-hmm. and about a year and a half in started having some pretty big episodes again, really started impacting work, but I got back on it. And at that time as well, um, I was introduced to a certain type of chiropractic work, okay. um, upper cervical chiropractic work, um, something called the Palmer method. Okay. If you're, if you're Googling out there, right. um, the Palmer method of chiropractic basically looks at C1, C2 of the spinal column, the head of the snake and make sure, um, you know, those of you on or audible, uh, audibly can't see this, but I'm basically putting my fingers together. So, you know, you have C1, C2 like this, okay. if they're off at all, they're going to squeeze your brainstem. Wow. So you need to make sure that those are lines. You're getting optimal nerve flow into everywhere in your body. So I met this woman locally here in Sacramento. Her name is Desiree Crusade. Little plug for Desiree. There you go. Um, And uh, I started working with her um, because she was the first medical professional we came across who was like, I can help you. I I, I literally remember my wife and I talking to her in the car 
when we were first, first in kind of intro interviews and, and she made connections to me and my health that no one ever made before. We were like in tears, like with, with, we were just filled with hope that she could help us out. So kind of my cocktail yeah. for health yeah. is um, uh, I have a strict diet and I see um, Desiree do his chiropractic work. Um, I'm two years without any episodes. Wow. Um, I still have um, some hearing loss in my right ear. I don't hear very well out of my right ear, but I will take that over dealing with dizziness and vertigo because that impacts my life so much. So if you know someone with Meniere's, um, love them well. It's, you know, having a autoimmune disease or a chronic illness that is invisible Mm. is very hard for a lot of people um, uh, because you don't see it. Um, And so... So you feel like you you talked about it, would you feel like... uh, Hey, I'm making excuses, or would you feel like nobody's going to buy this? Or yeah, a little bit sometimes, yeah. yeah. So because you know I'm, I'm high functioning. Yeah, there are a lot of people. You know, I'm part of a lot of um, online communities of people with veneers um, who struggle with employment and work and fatigue, yeah. and um, that's that's really really hard. So um, shout out to people who struggle with Meniere's disease. It's not an easy road, um, and I've been really fortunate to have access to care and uh, health and a, and a support system that a lot of people don't have. Um, and so we, whether it's Meniere's or whatever, I think there, there's a lot we can do to help people um, uh, be successful in their lives. Yeah. Do you get a lot? Of, what, what do you get the most feedback for on your website? Is it, is it something like that specific or is it just a kind of a general, here's something that happened as a dad? Um, you mean like comments on yeah, like posts yeah, certain topics? Yeah. yeah. I think whenever I talk about some of the health stuff, so Meniere's has been really good. Um, my, my faith journey Okay. Um, is, is, is unique and kind of where I've been. Um, I know we might talk about that in a yeah, future yeah, episode. Yeah. Um, but I get a lot of response around that because of kind of where I've been and being a former pastor, right. um, that we got a lot of discussion around those kinds of things. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm very passionate about, um, uh, social justice and equality in the world. And so that's a, that's a big theme on, on, on the blog. Oh, in my I life, like so. the, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the way you wrote this actually. You yeah. said a big part of my journey is uh, deconstruction of my privilege mm-hmm. and raising my children with self-awareness and discernment when it comes to issues of uh, quality, equity, and our contribution to systems that impact the lives of people. How, how do you teach a uh, one and a five-year-old? I mean, I yeah. love that concept yeah. of self-awareness, yeah. right? Well, you know, you know, kind of privilege is one one is if, you know, we have to teach our children about inequality, mm. that's a sign of our own privilege, right? You know, when uh, we, when we have, when, if we had to learn, if we had to be taught yeah. equality versus experience in ourselves, that's a number one sign of, of, of privilege. And okay. it's, it's really hard. I think the biggest thing that we try to focus on is, is listening and the, the real, I feel like in my life, the real spiritual work that I do in my life mm. is seeking out people and experiences outside of my own, maybe outside of my own tribe, outside of my own culture and to listen and immerse myself in other stories and to expose ourselves to different people and perspectives. And so with, with our children, sometimes this is, sometimes this can be challenging is to be really intentional, but putting ourselves in places to listen to other people's perspective about hearing other stories. Um, It's in, you know, the, the books we read and the shows that we watch that they are seeing and experiencing people of different perspective and ideas and listening to those and responding, having discussions about those. My kids are still pretty young, Mm. um, but I children perceive a lot more than sometimes I think that we give them credit for even. And so we try to be very open about those kinds of things, but it's tough because it's something I'm still learning as well. And I have a lot of blind spots still to my own, um, the privilege that I have in life as a, as a white, uh, straight, um, man, um, in culture. And 
um, I have not always been aware of how just things that I did not earn um, have given me an advantage in life. I have not always been open and awake to those things. And so the kind of deconstruction of my own privilege has been something that I've been on these past years. Um, and it can be, it can be tricky trying to parent children along the way when you're still trying to figure it out as well. And I know mistakes are going to be made. And I think sometimes man, I, that's one of the biggest challenges of parenting is just knowing that like, I know I'm going to mess some things up. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, I know that my kids will be in therapy someday for things I did, but I actually hope they do go to therapy. Maybe sure. that's a good sign that right. like I did something right. If they actually have the wherewithal to like go, you can see a therapist, maybe that's okay. But knowing that I'm not going to get it all right, I'm going to make mistakes, but being able to learn along the way. That's one thing I would say about my own parents, if they're listening to this shout out <laughs> um, to, to you, is that my parents are in their 60s and still learning. Okay. Like still growing. My mom would be like, tell me, like she'll be like, tell me about what you're reading. She'll literally pick up the book and read it so we can have conversation about it. Okay. And I, I want to continually be that way to be able to um, change and do so along um, with my family. So I think, I mean, so I like you use the word intentional. I feel yeah. like uh, we've talked about empathy. We've talked about being vulnerable. I mean, yeah. because I feel like those are the, those are the components, right? Yeah. The, the empathy piece with the kids. Um, and in not just kind of telling them what they should do or should feel or that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. I, I had a cultural diversity class and I was getting my master's degree. And I remember, this is funny that you bring this up. So um, a guy that I want to get on the podcast, Dr. Kevin Kristoff, uh, African-American gentleman, uh, amazing. I love this guy. I really did. I had, I mean, I, to this day, I will be in communication with him. And, uh, but I remember going in there and, you know, I remember saying, no, no I understand because, you know, I have an African-American friend, you know, and yeah. he was the first one to say, Kind of what you were saying. It's like, yeah. you know, if you're trying to convince me that you have a friend, yeah. you know, I don't know if you're really kind of on board with yeah. really what that experience yeah. is like. And I, boy, he, I mean, he taught me so much yeah. in that class. Well, it's a, it's a journey to understand how um, privilege and race um, impacts us personally, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's, there's that, you know, there's that inward revolution that needs to, I think, take place in that regard, um, which is hard. But there's also understanding um, the systemic impacts okay. of, of those types of things and how we how we might find ourselves complicit in systemic um, issues of injustice, um, race, inequality, economic injustice, all these types of things. And so um, for me, it's just really about um, listening and um, showing up alongside um, those that are fighting for inequality, you know, we, um, you know, my kids and I, we were just out um, at a rally. We're here yeah. in Sacramento, and I took I took both my kids um, because it's important that my kids see me showing up. Okay, um, that see that it's important to take action. This is not, uh, you know, griping about it on Facebook is one thing, and there's 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 a there's a place for that. Sure, um, we need to be able to have those kind of um, digital conversations, but if it's not met with showing up. Um, whether it's at the polls or in alongside um, others, um, I want my kids to see that in me. So at the end of the day, I think that's what my kids are going to take away from their experience with me is what, what, what they saw, how they, how they see me showing up in the world. I love it. Um, I have to throw one thing out there before we uh, maybe wrap this up too. When you're talking about your kids will go to therapy, the, my, I have four kids, uh, teenagers, one 20 year old. Yeah. And they know that the best way to push my button is to say, I think I'll be talking about this in therapy, Dad. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. oh man, yeah. it breaks my heart, right? Yeah. Or I guess it makes me proud. 
with yeah. one, right? Yeah. It can. Um, okay, Ryan, I, I can't believe the, the time has gone fast. Yeah, it's been really so, good. But I like the idea of, an, of a part two. I mean, I'd love to hear about, you know, more about your kind of faith journey, mm-hmm. about what that was like. And I like your overall message just of, I mean, I guess fairness in general. I mean, I really, uh, I really would love to hear more about that. Um, I think it's important to talk about, um, we can do it in, in small ways, talking about fairness and talking about how mm. making sure everyone has the same opportunities. Um, we look for those micro moments to teach those kinds of things, and we do it through stories. Okay. Um, so looking at, you know, when we read at night and go to bed, you know, we're telling stories about different types of people and how he feels about that, what his perspective is on that. And, you know, um, he's going to learn and make mistakes. But, you know, for us, it's important to, you know, looking for schools, you know, the academic stuff is always going to be there, but like, what is this going to be his relational and social experience? What does the diversity of that space look like? And I think they're just really important things for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not always part of my mentality. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah. Hey, uh, where can people find you? Uh, so yeah, uh, you can find me daring to Um, Instagram is great. I'm on the gram all yeah. the time. You can yeah. find me there. Um, but yeah, so during Um, and uh, yeah, looking for people to collaborate with yeah. other people. If there's other you know, dads out there who are writers, especially, you know, if, if you're listening to people, I'm looking for dads in, in all different forms. So, um, single dads, um, same sex partners, uh, dads, uh, you know, uh, uh, men of color who, um, or have different, different experiences, again, share that, um, diversity and different perspectives. I'm looking for people to, to write Love it. for the blog. So okay. if you're out uh, there, yeah. All right. I can't wait to have you back on. Tony, this has been great. Yeah, right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Okay. Bye-bye. Compressed emotions flying past Our heads and out the other end The pressures of the daily grind It's wonderful Elastic waste and rubber ghost I'm floating past the midnight hour They push aside the things that matter most It's wonderful Explore.